Hello, Spacers. From Austin, Texas, I'm Christopher Schmidt. Now, on today's show, I'm talking with Simon St. Laurent. It's always a great time talking with Simon as we get to catch up on news items and get each other's hot takes on issues. Like in this week's episode, we talk about SVG literature, Pokemon Go, battery-powered cars, and of course, Star Trek Beyond movie reviews. Before we get started, some notes on sponsors. CSS DevConf 2016, the Alamo is taking place this October 17th and 18th in San Antonio, Texas. Learn the latest by hanging out with the greatest. Chris Coyer, Jen Simmons, Snook, Trent Walton, and many more will be there. Learn more about the CSS DevConf and register now at cssdevconf.com. That's C-S-S-D-E-V-C-O-N-F.com. The Virtual Content Strategy Conference event, Content Strategy Summit, is taking place on August 24th and 25th. Register now and get recordings for free at contentstrategysummit.com. Uber is giving me the opportunity to give you new riders a $15 credit towards your first ride. Sign up at christopher.org slash uber. That's christopher.org slash uber. Set it and forget it with the non-breaking space show newsletter. When a new show is ready, you can have it show up directly in your email box by signing up at newsletter.nonbreakingspace.tv. As always, you can find show notes and links discussed in today's episode at nonbreakingspace.tv. Be sure to follow me on Twitter at Telject, T-E-L-E-J-E-C-T. As always, thank you for subscribing, liking, and telling others about the Non-Breaking Space show on iTunes. Now, on with the episode. Welcome back to the show, Simon. It's good to have you back. Always a pleasure to be here. Yeah, I think um, I don't think I've told this story yet, but uh, you, you were like you, I've written books for O'Reilly, uh, mm-hmm. a couple of them, and uh, uh, one of them is Cesar's cookbook. And um, O'Reilly has a reputation. I was talking to someone earlier. Uh, she's writing another book, and she wanted to ask some um, uh, questions about how I, how I write books, uh, which is uh, I have ideas about how I, write, I like I've I've learned how to write books more than. Uh, then, uh, then uh, I've learned it after running about ten of them, and so I was like, "Give me her advice or whatever." And then reminded me of uh, the first book I wrote for Riley, which was uh, probably the coolest way I've ever written a book. Was that I never talked to anyone at O'Reilly because that's it's, right because O'Reilly is great because they 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 have uh, they tech check your work uh, with four tech, technical editors at least it seems like if not more. Uh, so it was a really ego crushing experience. And, uh, but it makes for a better book overall. So it's great. Um, but, uh, I never talked So I submitted, I actually submitted my proposal via email. I heard back from email. I got contract showed up, uh, via FedEx to where I was. And, you know, I would, I had to move places. I was going to grad school, I think at the time or whatever. I think I was just, I was, uh, moving around and I never talked to anyone in person or, or, or over the phone. For the whole entire process of this book, I thought that was that was the coolest thing ever. Not and even a voice, not even a voice. I was just like, "This is how they roll." Uh, they're in the 21st century, and <clears throat> we're just catching up. And uh, FedEx, FedEx, 21st century <laughs> FedEx. <laughs> yeah, it says ching, but uh, <laughs> FedEx. Uh, and then I was at a conference, and uh, uh, you came up to say hi. And I think the first thing I said was like, "You're the first person from O'Reilly I've ever met." <laughs> <Just> <laughs> Uh, we do exist. Yeah, I was like, "Wow, great!" So it was. Uh, so that was like a long time ago, too. That was at Web Visions, I believe, in Portland. Portland? Yeah. Yes. That was a long time. Ago. Yes, I say it was the week before OSCON, and so I stayed over the weekend. Mm-hmm. And 
the week of Web Visions, I stayed in the hotel they'd mentioned on their website because I didn't know any better. Yeah. And so it was at the hotel Lucia or Lucia oh, or something. Yeah, yeah. And that was gorgeous. That was yeah. that was amazing. And then I went across the river to the Red Lion, which was what Oscon had suggested, and it, it got to be you know 105 whatever that weekend. And yeah. of course, Portland air conditioning, and I was like, I should have stayed on the other side of the river. No. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, they don't believe in air conditioning over there. They don't they usually need it. No, they don't. No. So, oh man. But uh, yeah. So, I uh, great to have you. Uh, we've been friends since then, and so uh, always great to have you on 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 the show. And this week we're talking about things in the news, things that caught our eye. And I'll just get started. I mean, countdown number six. CSS containment. Um, yes. Well, what do you like about this? So, it, I, first of all, I just like containment. It sounds like we're dealing with radioactive waste when, in fact, we're dealing with like CSS, which is awesome, um, even when it's on a coffee cup. Um, the the thing that I keep running into, like over the last year, over and over and over again, from developers, app programmers is that like CSS is like one giant global variable. I can't stand that. Everything goes everywhere. Yeah. How are we supposed to do these web components? Because all your stuff is getting it's it's like your peanut butter got in my chocolate or something. I don't know. Um, and there have been a whole bunch of proposals in the web component space for, you know, like sort of showing different parts of the DOM and all of these different things. And containment is like, uh, you know, you read this thing and you're like, Oh, okay, it just means don't apply anybody else's CSS to this thing. I can do that. Um, it's funny, too, because they're like talking about it like it's a major performance improvement, and, and, and maybe it is. Yeah. But to me, it's mostly a way to like get the programmers who just keep complaining about all things that the web came up with before they arrived um, to like slow down, say, okay, look, I can just work on my own CSS and everything's going to be fine. I mean, granted, they're going to create a lot of stuff that looks terrible in other contexts. Right. Get that. Um, but as a way to move forward until people can learn from their mistakes, yeah, I'm in. Okay. Well, do you think they actually learn from their mistakes? I, I just, the, the idea of it, this is a backdoor for components. Uh, yes. intrigues me. I, I never thought I'd thought of that idea, but because their web performance is a nice... Is like the sugar to swallow it. I think that that's kind of like, oh yeah, performance. So we don't have to redraw things. But yeah, I guess I could see that as a um, as a way to get uh, components working because uh, we had components at CSS DevConf um, and I think at Pass Summit and just it just didn't you know for yeah. two two years ago and you know there's been how much traction since then. So it's been very of, very little. I mean, yeah. so two years ago I thought web components were going to be the next big thing, and I was right. totally wrong. Yeah, it had the vibe of XML or XHTML to me. So, well, it actually, in some ways, it kind of is recreating the XML dream, just in a context that makes more sense to web folks. Right. Um, but the the more I looked at like what it took to implement these things in browsers, mm-hmm. it was like, hmm, yeah, that actually is a bizarre tangle. Okay. Um, I don't know. I'm, I'm, I suspect that there's more to this, like implementing this, than I want to know about. Yeah. Um, and we may find ourselves in strange parallel universes. Uh, but for right now, I'm like, yes, this is this is a way to to break the cycle of uh, endless complaint. So right. let's do it. Yeah, pretty awesome. Cool. 
Yeah, I think I think it looks great. I think just as a uh, way to render things faster, even if it is a sugar sugar pill yeah. for, for for performance, I think it's just a great great solution. I feel like it's pretty nice to to allow the browser not to render things that it doesn't have to re-render or redraw. So I think it's it's pretty nice. So there's. And- I've yeah. seen some sp- I've seen some style sheets that you definitely want to be kept to as small a part of the page as possible. So, <laughs> yes. Cool, awesome. So, and this is uh, part of uh, uh, it's going through W three C right now. We'll have links in the show notes. Uh, but it's also I think it's, it's I heard I read that it was like it's part of Chrome already. You have to like turn on the flag. Uh, yes. To use it right now, so you have to actually turn it on. So I think we'll. Yeah. It's definitely like in the toys you can play with department at this point. Right. And I don't think – no, it is copyright W3C. Okay. Mm-hmm. It's just I'm never quite sure like how these things are going. But it's produced by the CSS Working Group. I see Ted Atkins' name. It yeah. is it's as official as I thought. So Right. And um, it's probably like probably too late for this, but I think Tab is talking on CSS Summit again this year. Oh. So uh, Good. It's, it's, uh, when we record this, it's actually next week, but it's – when you hear it, probably next last week. So, but uh, but yeah. So, putting that out there. So definitely looked. Uh, I will look to him to see where he talks about it during CSS Summit. So cool, awesome. All right. Next next topic is uh, number five. Chris Coyer's SVG book for a book apart is coming out next week, and um. Uh, next week it should be end of July. Actually, I should say that better. But uh, it's a practical SVG. Um, there's a placeholder page. Probably by the time you hear this, be able to buy it. And uh, I was able to get an advanced copy. Oh man! Yeah. yeah. So uh, I'll probably, I'm going to try to do a review, a quick review, next week in the middle of CSS Summit craziness. Okay. Um, but um, but Chris Coyer hosted uh, our Q and A session at our SVG summit, and it was great. And I think you, you know, expect nothing but and the book is totally Chris Coyer because uh, the introduction starts with, hey, everyone. <laughs> just, hey, everyone. It's just like uh, I've never read a tech book in our industry where it begins with, hey, everyone. But that's like totally Chris. Uh, yes. So you just, I mean, I'm hearing Chris talk as, he, uh, uh, as I read it, which is a yeah. great testament. It doesn't start with "Hey everyone," but "Design is a job." Like Montero, totally sounds like Mike's voice the entire time. It's, yeah. it's crazy. Yeah. And uh, but it's a I think it's a great book. Uh, it, it's you know it's a book apart book, which is uh, always good. Always good. Uh, but it's you know it's a thin volume. What to expect? And so you know it does the intro stuff for SVG, which um, I think we everyone knows by now. But it kind of this, which is which a book needs to do to lay down the markers. So. Um, I always get upset when I write a book and someone reviews it and says, "Oh, it's got a lot of beginner stuff in there about CSS." Right. Like, like some people don't know that, you know. Come on. So, um, so it does have some beginner stuff for SVG, which is great. Uh, explains why it doesn't work in some browsers better. Uh, but what I love about it, it has a chapter about task runners and uh, making things optimized uh, faster, so you can actually work with it. Uh, get up and well, running. Well, if you can. If you can get people who are just learning to figure that out, yeah. that's perfect because then they'll carry it through to everything else. Mm-hmm. It's yeah, I mean, so I've been I've been an SVG fan since like two thousand and one or so. I'm right. kind of a graybeard on it. Yeah. Um, O'Reilly published SVG Essentials in two thousand and two. Um, I, I I'm 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 just delighted because it's like Chris. Well, I'm waiting for the sequel because Impractical SVG has to be like 30 times bigger. <laughs> but um, there are so many things you can do with it. There are so many like 
mm-hmm. ways to fix things that have bothered me forever. Like what? Um, so some of the things that I've seen, well, okay, I should not recommend SVG for layout, really. Okay. Um, but SVG for small layout, that can work really nicely. Um, I think the, uh, I think SVG got like its third or fourth wind when responsive web design hit mm-hmm. and people just kept talking about, well, I think you suffered through the responsive images conversation. Um, obviously SVG doesn't solve all of those problems for like every photographic image, but for so many cases, mm-hmm. you just don't need the other stuff. Right. Um, so yeah, this, this to me is like a a sign that SVG is real. Um, And it's kind of funny because, I mean, yeah, I work at O'Reilly and we've been publishing on this for 14 years now. Mm -hmm. But O'Reilly books sort of mean that it's like real to programmers and like people who follow the alpha geeks. Um, A book apart means people are using it and that's perfect. Yeah, it just, it it means it has to, yeah, SVGs is great. I think Chris Corey, like, you know, uh, he's Mm. in love with SVGs and, and uh, dive in there, and uh, Amelia yes. has a couple of great books for uh, um, for O'Reilly as well. So I forget the name of the titles, but they're more of a deep dive into yes uh, different parts of it. So I think it's uh, um, definitely pick up the O'Reilly books too if you if you can if you can. But also see the summit if you actually attend live, we give away mm-hmm. a free O'Reilly ebook, and so that's and so for the past you know giveaways for the last couple CSS and SVG summit, we give away a free ebook for that so and i usually always put uh mm-hmm. in the in the pool for svg ebook um from O'Reilly in there so it's really great i think um my only concern is like for svgs is it's i think where there's some backlash now mm-hmm. is that you see layouts and there's usually usually and there's some backlash out there on the web you can easily find it if you, but uh, a website will have this like large uh hero war graphic it's a jpeg and then everything else is like flat icon sprites or something like that. So it's right. And it's just, it's so like, you know, which layout do you want? You want the one with the bigger banner on the headline or do you want the one with the video embed? You know, it's like, so, but it's always littered with a whole bunch of SVG sprites. And so, um, I think now we're at the, I think with Chris's book, people can understand what, what can be done and then apply like designers could come in and say, Oh, I can actually right. use uh, task runners and I can actually experiment with using gradients um, be able to like, get be able to clone things better, uh, clone different things within a, the markup of SVG unit, and so and do really cool things. And so, I forgot who it was. I think it's I think I wanted it was Stu, but he had a great demo um, with SVG, just cloning it and repeating it and using HSL, I think, and uh, transparency and making a great uh, graphic with it. And that was and all he did was like simple, very simple components with SVG. So. Yeah, I've seen some great like algorithmic SVG, um, mm. like not even like I don't mean like computer science go study get a PhD and figure out an algorithm. I just mean like really simple stuff like I used to do on the Apple II way way back when that I didn't know what I was doing. Um, the other thing though, I feel like we've it, it's Chris's book means that it's real, but I think it's probably going to be five or six years before people really get a handle on like how best to use it. Oh really? Um, it's we're kind of in that like, hey, my laser printer has twelve fonts kind of phase. <laughs> so most people just go on using Times New Roman like nothing changed. Right. Um, the few people go berserk, and then right. other folks figure it out. Right. So what I want, like, like we talk about that, 
<laughs> like when, when you say like that my printer had 12 fonts on it, <laughs> just like <laughs> no one is going to know that except okay, for us. I'm sorry. Except so for the us. Old, the, the old laser writer <laughs> opened the world with these scalable fonts. You could have avant-garde and bookman old style and, uh, totally understand what you're saying. Yeah. So, so you were able yes. to send uh, these great fonts to, to our, to our printer now that we couldn't uh, do it before. Um, Somewhat like that is just, I'm waiting for OS, like the Mac OS, to like I, I grab a photo from a browser. Um, when I grab a SVG from um, from a browser window from display, I just it's just not an easy thing for me to grab. It's still so I really want better copyright infringement uh, from my browser. Is basically what I'm trying to say. Oh, yeah. So yeah. So well, I, <laughs> actually, it was a book apart. I was trying to do something with a book apart covers. Yeah. And on the site, they were all SVG. Right. And I couldn't. I, I was going to have to screenshot them. So I finally wrote them and was like, can I get some of your covers as PDF, please? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and everything was fine. Okay. But um, yeah, we're, we're not at the point where like the browser really knows what to do with it beyond display it. Right. And, um, and then by extension, some uh, apps that we use every day aren't ready for SVG. Um, and so that's going to take right. know, some time. So maybe, maybe that falls into your window of uh, the five-year plan for SVGs and some of that too. But I, I find like you know within a year or two, I think, um, you know, I've already seen it from the SVG explosion from CSS DevConf last year mm-hmm. um, to CSS Summit this year. We or next week we'll we'll have uh, just a ton of talks about SVG animations and animations with that. And then I think with people once they start realizing what they can do, designers they'll start be doing really cool looking um, SVGs and probably uh, playing around with them a lot more. So I feel like um, than possible. And so. Uh, I think the issues also kind of rely on like really getting the browser to get a handle off the uh, kind of the expensive rendering times for some SVG stuff. And like, yeah. I'm thinking about like drop shadows within SVG. Like when you put it in the browser, like the rendering times for those could be they're still a killer. I mean, I think drop shadows in general are a killer for for performance for a browser. So I'll just see you get a handle on that because if you get a handle on that, then we can bring in shading and a mm-hmm. lot more cool things. So it's, it's not everything's just super flat and. Super boring and stuff like that too. So well, I, I think, I think also what's going to happen is, I mean, I know processor speeds are advancing less quickly than they used to, but that made all of our slow JavaScript look magically fast. And mm. CSS is like I remember I was speaking at your JavaScript summit a few years ago, and I talked about how I marveled that like switching out a CSS style sheet completely was still faster than tweaking one thing in JavaScript. Um, I think we're going to get to the point where we like figure out those tricks and where the processors really like get SVG. Mm-hmm. Um, even though it's been around a long time, there's there's a lot to do there. So so okay. much magic to come. Yes, I think so too. And there's a lot of great people who are working on it. So hopefully we get another SVG summit up and running too. So get those. But uh, cool. Uh, sweet. Yeah, I think we're a pro SVG. I think that's pretty good. Uh, I think Chris Corey's book is awesome. So it's always great to, to get um, when Chris Corey does long form. He always does a great job. So, mm-hmm. number four, Pokemon Go. What the heck happened to America? And well, <laughs> what I really want to know is: Are the Pokemon rendered using SVG? Oh, really? I, guess. I don't know. I have no idea. They probably aren't. But no, it would it so. would amuse me if they were. That'd be kind of cool. I don't know. I think it's just. Uh, have you played the game yet? No, my phone is ancient and dead. My my way of playing the game so far is noticing where there are all of these places where cars keep pulling off the side of the road. Right. 
And I was this morning I went out and uh, I, I saw this pickup truck by the side of the road. I'm like, okay. And then I drive back and I'm like, there's a pickup truck by the side of the road. Yeah. Hmm, he's been stuck there a while. Oh, wait, it's a different color pickup truck. What's going on? Yeah. Um, I, you know, I, I, I went years and years ago to uh, like Ismar 2009, which was like the big, um, my brain is not working right now, AR conference, mm-hmm. um, augmented reality. Thank you. Yeah. Um, and they were talking about all of these things that looked and sounded really cool and you just couldn't do them. The hardware was not there. Um, they'd started doing some things on phone, but it phones, but it was, it was like you know, like line drawings on top of it, not mm-hmm. like anything more interesting. Um, and I've had some friends who played Ingress forever. Um, there was one guy who I think his entire Facebook feed was him playing Ingress, and it was mostly okay because he'd like take interesting photos wherever he was. Um, but. This just like took all of these ideas that have been like floating around for a while, yeah, and like jump started this whole conversation. Um, the other thing that's kind of funny is like I, the last few months, I feel like I've been hearing virtual reality, virtual reality, virtual reality, um, and then like this really simple on your phone augmented reality thing just like leapt out in front. So it's it's cool to see like these things are similar, but they're different. Yeah. I kind of like not wearing big things on my head. So, um, yeah. <laughs> I don't see, know. Is see, it- see, see uh, I was uh, – virtual reality has been such a buzzword. Um, and Samsung's put a lot of money into it. And I yeah. just felt like there's no way people can get around the uh, the difficulty of just having this headset on top of you. And it's for fun. And uh, um, And – I just there's there's no way about it. the thing I loved about it was that I didn't have to buy this ex- third party accessory yes. for hardware I could just use it my Samsung smartphone and slap it to my to my mask my head and I'm like well that's great however <laughs> you know I still right. have a mask on my head so <laughs> uh, yes. so and um, I'm actually waiting for them to make phones that have like two cameras so that they can just like have you look through the mask without. Uh, mm-hmm. Without too much distortion, but it's not there yet. I just want the uh, Star Wars hologram effect. I just want, that's what I want for my well, phone. That's what I want. I was like, hey, just or the uh, the, uh, the effect of uh, uh, the 3DS from Nintendo. Like you, uh, it looks like 3D just by staring at it the right way. And so that's that's yes. not all encompassing 360. I, I admit it, but I feel like I rather I would pay for that and, right. somehow, and like somehow have it be a part of you know, a video series or like some sort of, you know, my the photos I take become 3D holograms and some of that so I can spin them around 360 or whatever, or, you know, like show them off that way. So I think that'd be kind of cool. Yes. But I digress. But the company who did ingress also is the company behind Pokemon Go. So, yes. so that's pretty awesome. So yeah. Uh, yeah, I think that's, and I feel like augmented reality was a big thing with the uh, push of the iPhone, initial iPhone, I think, iPhone games, because uh, I remember uh, I downloaded a game, which is it's no longer available because uh, I would play it every once in a while. But uh, I guess I deleted it somehow. But uh, uh, the ghost would fly up every once in a while. And I was my own ghost bu- Ghostbusters. And so I could just ah. – So Ghostbusters would fly up in the middle of the hallway. I'm like, oh, I got you. And I would capture it and make the world safe 
for everyone. So well, I'm glad you're doing that. That's that's very important. Well, I did it. I did did my duty for the country and, and for the world. So, but yeah. uh, but the yeah, Pokemon, I think it's just great. I think uh, people are using parks uh, that they yes. they don't really like use anymore. Uh, cemeteries. And, yeah, cemeteries. Uh, Austin, Texas. You know, capital city. They, we have a nice uh, green uh, kind of a quasi park. I don't know, it's not a park, but it's a, a park you can lay out in around the capital building people have been using that to capture pokemon uh we have a great zucker park which is people have been going there uh my favorite spots one of my favorite spots in austin is the uh elmo draft house on south lamar yeah and also ritz there's one on ritz too so but uh, uh that's used for uh, they're both used for uh, south by southwest movies but uh but there's like a big station so you just you know while you're waiting for a movie you can just capture pokemon and, uh, <laughs> and uh, actually there's also like a trivia night and uh, so I was with someone, and between rounds, uh, my one my one of, the, one of our people just got up, left, and right before it started, came back and said, "Hey, I was like, what's going on?" Like, oh, I, I caught two Pokemon. <laughs> just like, okay, okay, so, yeah. So even then, no. So uh, I enjoy. It. I think the uh, you know you have to be careful out there. There's like uh, one good story is like people are actually making friends, and uh, I I'm looking forward to seeing the names of Pokemon babies nine months from now. Because oh, I think people wow. are getting out and you know talking to each yes. other, start dating. So, so I think, uh, and more people are using Pokemon Go than was it Twitter and Tinder, yes. I believe. The combined. So that's kind of crazy. And then that that was before they actually started because uh, they rolled out to America, New Zealand, and some other country. And so I think they haven't. And that's just like you know, a few countries. So like it's it's gonna be crazy how how far to go go reach. So I saw there's a like. South Korea mostly can't play because of rules involving maps in North Korea. Okay. But there's like one corner of the country, yeah, which is like just left out of that. It's like right by the DMZ. So like there are all of these people going up there to catch Pokemon. I'm like, this is this is a new way to be a tourist attraction. Sure, oh, yeah, that's, that's, um, that's awesome. The other the other thing though, I think, I mean, like I love the stories of uh, people getting together. I think Eric Meyer wrote a kind of a more cautionary thing this week about like somebody was suggesting you like drop lots of lures at children's hospitals mm. and um, it might work for some people, but it could also cause a lot of trouble. Mm-hmm. And uh, he did a good job of capturing that. Um, there have also been a whole bunch of get off my lawn kind of things posted, but you know, ah, yes, people yeah. don't. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, there's also the first case of uh, uh, someone who's skateboarding was trying to catch a Pokemon and got into an yeah. accident and then, uh, there's a case of like when it first launched, there's like three people were arrested for luring people and uh, trying to, uh, um, you know, rob them. So it's. Oh, good. Yeah. Was, lures, hang out it, with a nice truncheon. It'll be great. Yeah, exactly. So, yeah. But well, also, I've also heard of people who are very excited to be in Teslas because they can sort of autopilot and find their way to more Pokemon. The other good one is apparently in Boston. People have figured out that when you're on the surface lines, you're moving slowly enough that it thinks you're walking. Mm-hmm. And so it like helps you, I think, grow your Pokemon. I don't know. I don't know the details that well. But I love that people are finding like weird ways to game the game. Yeah. Yeah. That's, yeah. I just, well, I, just, I like it because people are just walking. Uh, I talked to someone who's, uh, he said, like, the, the week it, it launched uh, it was a weekend on Friday. Uh, someone went out the, out the door of the office. And then before he realized it, he had walked three miles and had to walk back to his car. 
So. I keep seeing all these pictures of exhausted dogs. Uh, <laughs> what is this Pokemon thing? Why does my master keep taking me out? What's going on? Yeah. Oh, and then um, who said it was uh, taking over the world? Who was, uh, we should be concerned about it. Was it Oliver Stone? Was he concerned about Pokemon? Oh, somebody was saying that like if the, if the CIA wanted like to get people to like collect all this information for them. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's not a bad idea, but it seems unlikely. Yeah, I think it's a little too too much. So I don't know. And besides, it's like it's Pokemon users' data, so I'm not, it's not really like it's not awesome, awesome data. But hey, so you mentioned Tesla, so let's move on to our next topic. Number three, Tesla 2.0, like Tesla two master plan for cars. It's I think it's uh, it's not 2.0, it's two. Two we gotta stay away from the 2.0. That Web 2.0 thing, like, used up the 2.0. Yeah, everyone, everyone is not, not on board with that anymore. So yeah, so, uh, so did you read about the Elon yeah. Musk's? Two, uh, so what, what is the master plan? The new one was that was that about? Well, so there are a few things going on. The, they're probably the simplest is talking about larger vehicles. Okay, um, and I think the. You know, when people talk about like the economic impact of Tesla and Uber and things like that. It's the self-driving trucks. Um, there's a map someplace that shows you like what the number one job is in every state, and like for a vast number of states, truck driver. And uh, yeah, combine that with autopilot. Combine that with yeah, we could get really exciting. Mm. Um, I'm still not sure I'm going to want to pass the tandem trailers. I always hate passing tandem trailers, but. Um, so that's a lot of it, uh, the, the trucks and buses. But I think the part that kind of got people going and saying, man, maybe this is the end of Uber, or maybe Elon Musk will put a big stake in them, mm-hmm. uh, is the talking about fleets of cars and uh, you know, basically making it so that you can summon a Tesla to come get you without actually owning a Tesla. Right. Um, there's a bit in there, like I think they would – I'm curious if people will actually want to like rent their cars out to be like automated taxis for other people, but I guess there's a business model there, so maybe. Um, I don't want anyone to see the inside of my car because I have a six-year-old and an eight-year-old. So uh, <laughs> anyway, um, but they were also talking about like in places where we can't get enough people to do that, we'll just station our own fleets there and make money. Right. So yeah, I mean, I think that's why Uber is coming up with her own self-driving car because. Uh, you know, they don't want, like, uh, I, 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 it sounds bad, but I feel like uh, they have this workforce that they don't want to uh, treat as employees, but as, but as contractors. Right. And I've met so many people before they were peeled out by uh, Austin. That's and, right. Because we're living in Austin and we can't have nice things. Um, you have the Alamo Draft House. What more do you need? <laughs> Sometimes I don't want to drive back, you know, like that. But, no, uh, fair enough. Uh, but, uh, but yeah, so um, but yeah, so I think Uber's is has made it pretty obvious with their announcement of the uh, their self-driving cars is that uh, they're going to have a fleet, and so um, and that doesn't mean that they're going to get rid of all drivers. I just I just feel like the whole uh, because they go through a whole lot of churn for drivers, and also their drivers are only work like maybe five to ten hours per week, maybe I think that's where sad. So um, you can't rely on a lot of drivers, and so and if you live in a place like Austin, Texas, where the weather is pretty sunny and uh, not a lot of rain, not a lot of, not a lot of weirdness going on. Uh, you could just have your fleet of battery powered self-driving cars, pick up people 24 seven, 
I'm know. trying to picture how that will work on the days when Austin is flooded. But yes, that's a good idea. Well, like if it's flooded, then you just then you activate. Don't go out. They, they, yeah. they, and then you just generate the whole like uh, what's it called like uh, surge pricing, and yes. uh, and or you know or you, you know and or you, you get people more motivated to go out and help out. So, but yeah, so I think that's. I Maybe Tesla needs, needs to make one of those like drivable boats they use for tourist stuff. Yeah, that would be that would be the flood car. That would be the flood car, the duck, the duck tour. Yes, the duck uh, tour. Oh man, I don't know if I <laughs> just. Oh, but that'd be kind of crazy too. So, but uh, and then also there's been a death of uh, a driver who was killed. Uh, yes, I don't make you know too light of it, but it was like the first death of someone in an autopilot crash. So, so his Tesla was an automatic pilot. And um, he was just driving, driving along. So, so it's the first death that that uh, that happened. So, it, uh, it had to happen. I mean, like mm-hmm. it's just it. Anytime you're moving fast, your safety is a statistical probability. Mm-hmm. And um, yeah, I, I mean, I have a friend who's completely into Tesla and completely wants a Tesla and is completely investing in Tesla. And he was horrified that one of that somebody had died. Mm-hmm. Um, and I'm like. It's okay. I, I not that it's not that it's great for that person. It's not you know great that people died, but mm. um, you know I, I drove to visit my parents the other day, and I kept noticing these crosses by the side of the road. And it's not even that busy a road. Maybe they keep the crosses better. I don't know. Um, so one out of that many miles, eh, it sounds pretty good to me. Yeah, yeah. I think like uh, it's been used. Uh, you said it's been used. The autopilot has been used over a hundred million times. And so, um, but yeah, and so the, you know, but, uh, I, I, the thing I want is something that'll just let me like latch onto the back of the car ahead of me when I'm stuck in a traffic jam and not have to pay attention, but right. And that, that's kind of like the tandem thing, right? So you just, yeah, you get your car behind that. And then, and then, um, there's that, there's a movie that, that like the 3d movie about how if everyone's driving a tandem, then they could scooch up in the automatic driver. They can actually get like an inch apart. And they can start stri- like doing the whole slipstream and save mm-hmm. save gas that way, and that would just freak me out, and I would not want to do that. But yeah, I don't really want to do that. Yeah, that'd be kind of crazy. So, but yeah, so we've you know had the first uh, death of a of automatic driver car. So that's so that's still under investigation. That happened in May, and that's still right. under investigation. So and and it has to be because I feel like um I'm you know. For Americans, if not the whole population worldwide, why they would have to feel safe uh, yeah. in an that car, regardless of what anything happens. Like even if you get the perfect system, if no one's going to feel it's going to be safe, they're not going to get into the car. So it's you know the first I hate to say it, deaths of a right. self-driving car. They're going to have to be like this massive investigation, and and I don't think it's 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 shaken anyone to the core because there hasn't been uh, another death like since May. So it's been. Good, I, think there, I think there actually is one other, but it's not as clear, and I don't think it was autopilot. Okay. But the um, the other thing is, I think there'll be a lot more investigation when it gets to be like a pedestrian or someone in another car. Okay. Um, it's kind of one thing to be in your own car and turn on autopilot. Right. And if you know, but then if your like car starts hitting other people, mm. regardless of whose fault it was, um, you know, I think we're going to have a lot more stories to, to okay. figure out. But. You know, it's early days. I'm trying to think how long it took for like the first person driving a car period to to, to get in an accident and somebody get killed. I'm oh, guessing yeah. it was probably like 15 minutes. Oh, no, I that's a good story. I used to, oh, I used to know that. You know this? I used to know that oh. story. Uh, uh, 
I, I swear, I, 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 it's, I think he was crossing the street and he got hit. And I think, okay. Yeah, no, he was, I forgot his name, but he was getting something out of his car and I think he got hit by another okay. car or something like that. So, uh, I guess. So. Let me yeah. just, but uh, I think that's the story. I think that's first major crash play. Uh, first major car crash while playing Pokemon Go. No, thank you. Uh, no, oh, it's uh, Henry H. Bliss is his name. He died in September 1899. Uh, cut by a motor vehicle was the first time. Okay. So, yeah. Um, yeah, he was getting an average car and another, an electric-powered taxi cab. Those electric-powered cars. Right. Yeah, it's full circle. It's uh, We're back here That's again. That's true. I yeah. want a steam-powered car. Can I get a steamer? Yeah. I don't know. If you want to get a steamer. You can find that in the Stanley uh, Hotel. In the, lobby, in the lobby. In the lobby. Really? It's Stanley Steamer. Is, it the, yeah. is yeah. it the same Stanley by any chance? Or yeah, it is. It is the sta- same Stanley. He owned a hotel. Okay. Uh, that's State's part. Yep. It's right there. You walk in, it's to your right in the hotel lobby. I got to get there. Yeah. All right. <laughs> so. Number two. Comic-Con San Diego International is underway. Um, we've never been to Comic-Con, right? Sign no, up. I haven't. The closest I've been, we used to have OSCON in San Diego, mm-hmm. and uh, it was right next to the venue, which was going to open like the next day. Yeah, this was like probably in two thousand and one, which mm-hmm. like I don't think at that point it had sprawled across the universe, mm-hmm. uh, but it was still pretty awesome just to like walk around and like the it, there there was nobody there. It was just the basic displays, but it was it was pretty awesome even then. Yeah, that, what year was that? What was that about? I want to say it was 2001 or 2002. Yeah. That would have been a great year to go. I would actually, because before the madness. Hopefully I'd known. Yeah. Um, yeah, because um, there was a web conference that happened right before it. And I was so jealous because if they stuck around, they would, uh, you know, see Comic-Con. But I felt like that was a great thing to do. And so I sort of want to have a conference in San Diego. Because yeah. San Diego is a great town because it's, it's like my perfect weather, like almost year round. Uh, yeah. Just great things to do. Great food. Uh, but uh uh, but yeah, so the uh, the leading up to an, uh, Comic Con is just crazy because uh, I've been like three or four years, and so it's uh, just really just craziness. Lots of people in costumes. People, you know, especially when they leave <laughs> to go to the airport, it's just right. crazy. So, but uh, um, yeah, just it's just masquerade. It's a lot of fun. A uh, lot more TV shows than comic books, of course, but because uh, of LA is like two hours away, depending on traffic. But uh, but it's great. Uh, the reason why I mention it is we'll put it on there is because the uh, the first wave of news is coming out, and so there's gonna be a lot more news after this to re- record because it's uh, just a day recording. But uh, the, I think the big news so far has been the trailers from Netflix for the Marvel heroes for yes. the next. So Iron Fist got a, a trailer, I kind of teaser trailer, and then but the one that has a good trailer is uh, Luke Cage, which uh, who's a uh, had a part in uh, Jessica Jones. Which was a great, great, great run, great first season on uh, Netflix. So I highly recommend that. Uh, and also, a teaser trailer was uh, Defenders, which is kind of like their Justice League, Avengers of uh, of the Marvel uh, Netflix. So that's when all Jessica Jones and Iron Fist and Luke Cage and Daredevil get together and fight crime, you know, in New York City and some of that too. So, but yeah, so uh, so it's really great. Really? Uh, do they actually premiere the trailers there? I mean, like, is there yeah. like a theater where you go in and see them? Okay. Oh, yeah, yeah. It's uh, Hall H is a – it's very common. There's also Ballroom 20. These are the two main rooms 
that you have to do. And uh, uh, especially if there's a Marvel movie or there's a Marvel panel, it's usually in Hall H, which is this building. Uh, I've never went to. I've never. I've, I think I've been to Hall H once because my view is if it's a trailer, I probably won't. I'll see on YouTube. You know, I don't need to right. wait all day. But people line up all day, all night to go into Hall H. Like uh, I would actually. I was leaving uh, Comic Con late at night after seeing a premiere of a movie mm-hmm. uh, inside the Comic Con uh, Convention Center, and as I was out, I ran over someone in a sleeping bag. And this is like, one, and I said, "Oh, sorry, what's up? <laughs> what's going on?" And it's like, and the, well, the common phrase is is that you ask over and over again is like, "Why are you waiting in line? Like, what are you waiting in line for?" Because <laughs> you because there's lines everywhere, and it's like, "Oh, I'm waiting in line to get first inside the convention center when it opens up tomorrow morning, so I can go see the first panel in ballroom uh, twenty, and so it's and ballroom, and so it's a." Yeah, and and, and and these in these ballrooms in Hall H they they hold like thousands of people, so it's like, and right. they won't be the first people in there. So, uh, so so basically they're waiting like all night and and doing all sorts. And and some of it's kind of cool because like um, before Avengers two and Avengers one, I think uh, Josh Whedon would come out in the middle of the night and just say and say hi to people and and say hey, uh, really? and so it's pretty it's pretty nice. And so and there's lots of lots of cool things going on. So, but yeah. Um, but yeah, I, I love it's it's great stuff. So, but uh, yeah, so there's a lot of nerd stuff coming out from uh, Comic Con. So, um, uh, so definitely, you know, I think one of the things you can do is also there's also something called Nerd HQ, which is uh, kind of a festival offsite of uh, Comic Con. So, and it's done by uh, Zach Levi, who is uh, uh, Chuck for the TV show Chuck, and uh, he also had a, a part in uh, the last Thor movie, and so. Uh, but he does for the last five years now. I think he does. He does a uh, he does like kind of like mini panels, like kind of like kind of like how what we do. We're trying to do like uh, for the In Control conference that we used to do in Orlando, uh, kind of like, uh, intimate conferences so that people can learn and and ask questions. And so they they actually have Q and A Q&A panels all day while Comic Con is going on. So what they do is like, hey, if you're in town to promote like Sherlock or Doctor Who or whatever, they actually will get like or Thor or whatever they actually. Get actors from uh, from those things and bring them over to do uh panels and the panels are like 22 bucks uh per person you're, you're guaranteed a seat so while people will wait in line all day for a hall h or ballroom 20 they're not guaranteed wow. to get right. in right and that's kind of stink because uh, i think uh uh is a big bob's burger fan and she waited in line for bob's burgers panel but was just cut off from going into the panel mm-hmm. And that's also with thousands of people already in, yeah, in the building. Yeah, you're kind of giving me flashbacks to South by Southwest. Oh, well, like... like, I, remember, yeah. oh, like yeah. I remember being in a room where, like, you couldn't leave to use the bathroom because it would, like, somebody else would come in and that would put the thing over capacity. Oh, okay. Yeah, so my story, uh, which is going to be too long, but uh, is... Uh, so the first year I went, I decided to go because I wanted to go forever. And uh, I just because, like, my vacation or whatever. So I went... Uh, no idea. There's no like manual for it. Actually, one of the books I want to write is called like Hacking Comic Con, to some people who who know how to, what what to expect. But uh, I, I I thought like, hey, I've been to South by South by is crazy. I know what to expect. I can handle this. Uh, it's, <laughs> like, it's like two hundred thousand people yes. go to Comic Con, whereas it's like twenty five thousand people come to South by Southwest. Right. right. So I was floored. So I thought like, hey, I wake up in the morning. 
Uh, my hotel is a mile away from the convention center, and it drops you right in front of the convention center. I'll just hop on the train after I have breakfast in the hotel, and I'll just like, you know, Bob's your uncle. I'm done, right? So I eat breakfast, and I'll you know, just sashay over the, the train stop. I'm like the only one there. I'm like, well, there's okay. got to be someone else wants, wants to go to this thing. Train shows up like it's filled to the brim. Already. Already. There's people like in costumes. It was a right. freak show in there. And also the trains already has like the advertising wrap for TV shows from the CW and all that stuff. So yeah. Right. Like, hey, that one's filled up. That's cool. I'll go to the next one. So I wait 15 minutes. That one is filled up to the brim. I was like, okay, I'll just walk uh, to the uh, convention center. And I, it's kind of like a back way. And so I happened to walk um, in front of the, because there's a bay. So I walk in front of the of a block in front of the bay. And I, I was there the day before, and there was an info, info desk. And I asked the lady, hey, where do I go to register? And she said, like, right here. I was like, are you sure right here? Like, okay, sure, right here. So I go to that point where she was the day before. She's not there anymore. What's replaced her in her booth was a line of people. Right. That scaled around the building, the convention center, between two big buildings uh, in the convention center. And I'm going around, take a left turn, line of people who still haven't gotten their badge yet. Uh, you know, and I keep on right. walking, I'm walking. It goes across the parking lot. And so I keep on walking, walking. It runs into the bay, like the like kind of like the uh, the road against the bay. It takes a right and follows the bay. And so I keep on walking, walking, walking. Literally, I walk a mile to the convention center and then I walk a half a mile to the end of the line. Yeah. But which is great. Uh, cause I, I was able to talk to these awesome people, uh, in line. They didn't say this, they were like ecstatic and happy to be there to be in right. line. But, uh, but what really was like, what kind of floored me as a event organizer was that the, the line is the most efficient thing. At oh Con. yeah. Because the, the, the to register for for, for Comic Con because they have about ten rows, about twenty computers deep for each one on each side, and each one is manned by I don't know volunteer paper I don't know whatever by uh, a, a volunteer person who takes your barcoded piece of paper that has your registration, mm-hmm. and then they have a printer it's a really fast printer they scan your card look at your license or your your government ID right. whatever. Say okay, you're good to go. It spits out your like your name badge, so they hand you the plastic thing for your badge, and your little in the lanyard, whatever. It doesn't have the lanyard; it just gives you the plastic thing and hands you the sticker and throws it. They'll throw it at you, but they give it to you to put into the lanyard, and they tell you to right. walk, walk down the, the path, and then you have to pick up your lanyard. So you you have to assemble your own badge. And so, just so you get to the line faster, and then that's when you get your Comic Con bag or whatever your bag. But so that just makes the line go really fast. So like, while that was a long line, like a half mile line, uh, I it was it was really quick to go through it and some of that too. So, but uh, but yeah, so it's it's mammoth in terms of the scale, of what's going on there. So, um, so you can see what people wait all line in line all night just for a chance to get to a panel. Uh, with that, so I don't really get. I I, I did. I don't do that when I go to Comic Con, just because I feel like uh, if it's gonna be something crazy cool, I will probably see it on YouTube or something like that. So, but uh, but yeah. So I try to go find the the out of the way things like um, 
uh, one of the cool panels was like, I'm a big fan of the graphic designer Chip Kid, mm-hmm. and he just happened to be there. Well, he, he does a lot of work for uh, DC, DC Comics, and so uh, he happened to have a panel with these great uh, designers from the last century uh, at Comic Con, which is totally okay. weird, right? It's it's a yeah. panel, it's a panel that belongs at Howl Design Conference, but it was at Comic Con, right. and Chip Kid's like one of my heroes, so I was able to like get a selfie with Chip Kid. I was like, oh my god, so it was really wow. great. Like, and you know, there was like. And the room was like one third filled, you know, for Chip Kid. So, whereas That's, like waiting all line a day for a trailer for you know Iron Man or like or Iron Man yeah. or like Luke Cage or whatever. So like whatever. So I kind of like that you find these gems in places where they're not really supposed to be, and yeah, it's sort of sad when the room's only a third full though. Yeah, well, like and then there's like other stuff that like I would never like. I'm not a big anime fan, but the anime stuff is like packed to the to the brim but I, back to your bathroom point like i want to loop it back because always goes back to the bathroom but uh is that uh my first year there i went to the dc comics panel and the big fan dc comics fan that, that they were about to it was the year before they announced the new 52 uh the whole reboot that they did and so like i had to go to the bathroom and so i was like i was like i asked like what do i do to go to the bathroom like whatever and uh i went to the back door and and some and I told the person that was there, who's the security guy person, I have to go to the bathroom, and they gave me a piece of paper. Oh, okay, good. <laughs> yeah. I'll pass. So if I didn't get that, if I didn't have that piece of paper when I got back, I was not getting back into the room. So that's how like it's like one person in, one person out, whatever. So, but uh, but yeah, that was I was I felt like I was back in like middle school or something like that. So yeah, so good uh, teacher to sign your hall pass. It's yeah, that's like, great. So anyway, uh, it's cool. I think I I think I buried. Uh, Con discussion right there. So. Number one, Star Trek Beyond. So yes. So have are you a Star Trek fan? I am, but like a moderate one. I like. I'm happy to watch it, but I don't know every detail. Okay, that's fine. That's cool. That's cool. Uh, yeah, I'm. I'm both a Star Trek fan and a Star Wars fan, so it's. Yes, but, I uh, have the same problem in my house. We have <laughs> both. Yes. Yeah, exactly. Uh, I would say this is probably this is a really great. Star Trek film. Uh, Star Trek, the last one was kind of like, what? You know, it's it pretty much a copy of the first one in some some degree, some degree, but it's also hmm. the Federation is that problem or is that fault? And so it's kind of not Gene Roddenberry's ideal of having the Federation be oh, right. perfect yes. or whatever. So it's kind of like, and not that that's good or bad. I mean, I think Deep Space Nine did that whole, like, you know, the, the institution is corrupt uh, storylines a couple times. So, so I feel like that's that's okay, but uh, but this one is more of a kind of extended episode of a traditional Star Trek thing, Good. And, but uh, a lot more. And it's directed by the guy who uh, Justin Ling, I think is his name, uh, does uh, Fast and Furious. So he does uh, a lot more wow, like cool action stuff in there too. So I'm trying to imagine like crossing the Fast and the Furious and yeah. Star Trek. I'm gonna have to like, well, do some animation. Well, and also Simon Pegg uh, co-wrote it as well. He's done. An, um, his movies are, I think, just very smart in terms of uh, they're, they're comedies, but they're also very smart uh, in terms of how, how they go about their, their sci-fi and and their execution. And so there's a lot of that I felt in not in front of you as kind of like gags or something like that, but as, but in terms of the background, there's a lot of smart science fiction ideas that mm-hmm. are playing in the background. And I felt like also Simon Pegg being a Star Trek, Star Trek fan, I think they made a list of like, what are the cool things we liked about Star Trek movies 
uh, and made a list of them and put them into the movie. And so I felt like that was pretty, pretty good. And then also ask questions like, why, why does XYZ never happen? So like, I felt like uh, mm. if you've seen the trailer, you see all these small ships right. uh, kind of crash into the enterprise. I felt like, um, that's always a great, great. That was, a, that's a great villain because you always have had Star Trek ship battles where the ships are relatively the same size. Right. Right. And so like, well, why have you have a smart, smaller ship? Can you, how can uh, Star Trek, how can an enterprise defend against itself against that? So I felt like, so I think it's, uh, so it's, it's not as, uh, um, you know, I think Khan is still still better. Star Wars Trek Four Voyage Home still has its unique quirks, charms, if you yes. will. And so <laughs> that's <coughs> LDS, I think it was. Yes, yes. And uh, I feel like uh, this one is like right behind that one. So and uh, okay, yeah, I think it's pre- it's pretty fun. I would go back and watch it again, and uh, probably will. Good, so. good. Yeah, I was just trying to figure out like why we've been talking about Star Wars in my household so much more than Star Trek lately, and. I finally figured it out. It's because the kids are playing with Lego stuff, and you can get Star Wars uh, Lego. Yeah. So those characters are like entering their plans. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm not sure all the Lego Star Trek Star Wars stuff actually existed in Star Wars, but I, maybe I just wasn't paying attention. Who knows? Um, yeah. So they need Lego. Right. And then and there'll be more more stories. Maybe. Yeah. But uh, hopefully we. Hopefully, it'll be another movie. I don't know. It, just, it seems kind of weird. Oh, that's going to be a Star Trek show next year. So, yes. We'll see how that goes with CBS. So, see what, they, what their plans are with that. But, uh, but yeah. When, when, do we, when do we get to the point where we start mixing the Star Trek and Star Wars things, kind of like Batman versus Superman? And, like, <laughs> uh, hopefully, never, because that'd be crazy. That'd be like Kirk versus Vader. Oh, man. Let's not do that. Let's not, let's not do that. Let's decide. Let's not uh, um, mix the streams up. Like that. <laughs> like, yeah, that peanut butter and chocolate thing again. Just not not in a good way. Well, I, w- I went to see uh, with the, the Force Awakens at, yes. the, at the Alamo Draft House, which is one of my favorite spots, in, which we've already discussed. Uh, and uh, dressed up as Chewbacca. Uh, Perfect. There, just like then, in New Orleans in the rain. Exactly. And then uh, Ari dressed up as uh, 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 Lieutenant Aurora. No, not uh, as a uh, as a Star Trek officer. So as a medical officer. So, so they're having one person. <laughs> so she was the person okay. who stood out. So some people liked it, some, but she got some nasty looks from people that pour milkshakes on her or anything. I hope. No, she got some nasty looks from other people in, in Star Trek, uh, stores, okay. outfits, costumes, cosplay. So, but it's all good fun. So, but, yeah. So, but yeah, so cool. Um, yeah, but we're in the list. Anything, uh, anything you'd like to add? Uh, I don't know. The only thing other other thing I've got to add is this really obscure decentralized web stuff, and oh, yeah. that's hard to explain. But like, yeah, instead of having servers, you're like posting to the web. I that that sounds good to me. But we'll see if anybody actually wants it. Um, yeah, that's 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 about the only thing I've really seen different uh, in the last month or so. Um, yeah. Actually, it's kind of cool though. Like, it's been a good time for the web. Like the I think a lot of it actually is coming out of the CSS space mm-hmm. these days. The JavaScript is busy, and there's always more frameworks to figure out. But I'm just having a lot of fun. Like that stuff I wanted for a long time. Yeah. Or like I was looking at Flexbox the other day and going, "Wait, you mean I could do this?" Um, and I got to go check out. Jen Simmons gave a talk with some Mondrian layout that uses Grid and only works in the latest Firefox and. People were tweeting about it like it was the second coming. So definitely yeah. time to go uh, 
go see some new stuff. But yeah, it's all sort of getting started. It's right. not really stuff that's here yet. All right, and that's a good segue because I could. Jen Simmons, we just announced, is a keynote speaker at TSS DevConf. Oh, here. perfect. So yes, that's good. Thank you so much. I owe you twenty for setting that one up. So. <laughs> okay. Cool. How can people find you on uh, the internet, Simon? Um, easiest to find at S I M O N S T L on Twitter, mm-hmm. um, and that will connect you to pretty much everything else. Okay. Cool. Awesome. Well, thanks for being on the show again. Appreciate it. Always happy to be here. Always okay. great to talk. Come on. Cool. Till next time. Now, on with the show. Now, on with the show. Now, on with the show. Now, engage. Now, turn the ignition. Now, crank the chain. Now, create a minefield in Minecraft. I don't know what you do in Minecraft. I don't know. Now, Snapchat away. Now, tweet.